Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Once again, we welcome you to gather with us around the Word of God today uh, to hear a message from God's Word to God's people, and not just to God's people, but to all people all over the world. We're so glad to be part of, of an internet ministry today, to be uh, have an internet outreach today, because that means the Lord of the harvest can take the word, send it wherever he wants it to go. So we don't believe that you're here by accident or happenstance. I know I'm not here by happenstance or accident. I am here by divine appointment. And I believe wherever you are in the world, if you're hearing this this sermon today on Sunday Morning Alive, or any time you come to our website and, and open that particular sermon, I believe that you're going to hear something that is designed just for you because God has sent it to you. <laughs> Amen. And he sent you to our website. Thank you for coming today. There is a place on our website you can communicate with us if you would have a testimony of of what this ministry has meant to you, or or if you've come to know Jesus through this ministry, we would be overjoyed to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. It will encourage us, and it will encourage others. Now, we're going to do this if we have no encouragement, because we have a mandate from God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. But, oh, there's a lot of battles when you begin to stay centered on Jesus and preach the good news of what he's done for us at the cross. The devil knows the power of that gospel to set captives free. Amen. To bring people out of darkness into light, to have their sins forgiven and be reconciled to God and get sealed with the Holy Ghost baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ready to go to heaven, but ready to serve God here until Jesus comes in the power and person of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Well, I get excited about what God is saying and what God is doing in our world with all of the sin and all of the rebellion and all of the lawlessness and all of the corruption. Amen. God is at work. And I'm going to tell you right now, I want to be part of that great company that publishes his good news to all of the world and to every person that we can possibly reach. Praise God. So pray with us, pray for us, communicate with us if God has done something in your life. Some of you have already done that by letter, and we appreciate it so very, very much. Amen. If you have your Bible, please open to Second Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 14. 14 through 18 and chapter 7 verse 1 2nd Corinthians uh, we're going to be talking today in this sermon about come out touch not a clarion call to purity come out touch not. That's the message today. That's the title of it. And we're going to glean it from the New Testament here. Go back and pick it up from the Old Covenant as well, because the call is the same to God's people, because we are interacting with all kinds of 
temptations and all kinds of idolatries and all kinds of demonic forces. And I want you to know today, amen, we have a clear call from God to come out and to touch not. And if we will heed that call, God will keep us and not only keep us, he will work in us and through us in spite of all the hierarchy of demon powers, all of the, all of the tentilating temptations of a fallen world. Amen. And he'll keep us from the evil one and he'll keep us from evil even when it's disguised as good. Amen. So if you're intrigued, I hope you are. And let's get in the Word of God today. Come out, touch not. A clarion call to purity. A clarion call to purity. Verse 14 of Second Corinthians 6 begins this way. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial here is talking about the devil and, and his forces. Listen, or what part has he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, we're going to try in this sermon to not only call God's people, the ecclesia, the church, which means the called out ones. That's what ecclesia is all about. Church is not just where people who are just like the world, who are entertained by the world, who are interacting with the world as if it doesn't matter. This is a called out people, ecclesia called out ones. I used to preach a sermon under such a strong anointing, and I believe that strong anointing is here this morning for the same clarion call of God. It's time for the called out to come out. Praise God. And what is God's promise? And I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And this letter continues, chapter and verses for translation. So chapter 7 is a continuation of the thought. And it says, verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, (laughs) let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. This is the call to purity. Come out and touch not. Come out and touch not. Amen. If you have your Bible open to the Old Covenant now, flip back into the Old Covenant, the book of Deuteronomy. And listen to what it says in Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations or detestable things of those nations. 
There shall not be found, and here's the unclean thing for them in that culture, and it the occult is on the rise in our culture. Listen carefully. Thou shalt not be found among any of you one that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire. This old, ancient, demonic religious system, if you please. Amen. We're seeing the, the church of Satan in the news right now. It is just as qualified for tax exemption and for all the exemptions of of any church, any Christian organization or ca- Catholic organization, uh, any, uh, of, uh, any religious organization. And, and they're wanting to use the, the right to, to, to have an abortion, even if it is outlawed by a state, uh, because it is expressing their religious freedom. It's an amazing thing that we would see the Church of Satan with getting a lawsuit ready to sue a state that tries to demand that one of their converts uh, have, uh, deny uh, having an abortion. A friend of mine, that means they're going to be looking for converts. Listen, so all of these terrible, terrible uh, 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 practices of these dark religions of the day are on the rise even in our day. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire. That is human sacrifice. It was outlawed, but in India, until not too many years ago, go, they would take a baby, a newborn baby, and throw it into the Ganges River where they believed uh, certain people, certain extremists would do that because they believed then their their crops would be fertile and, 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 and Buddha would bless them because his ashes were thrown into the river if they sacrifice a child to Buddha by throwing them into the river and drowning them, that they would have some kind of blessing from him. Oh, friend, these ancient demonic religious systems are still functioning uh, today, not maybe on that level, but underneath, subversively, they are operational. Listen carefully. Or he that uses divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. This is the, you, you can't, as my people, he said, in any way, shape, or form, touch these things, come in contact with them, or participate in them. For all that do these things, verse 12, are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out before thee. Thou shalt be perfect. This is the purity. This is not sinless perfection. This is separation. This is sanctification. Listen. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess hearkened unto the observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee... The Lord thy God has not suffered thee to do so. That's called out. Come out. Touch not. Amen. Who were these people? The nations he's referring to here is the Canaanite nations, which had lived in the land of Palestine for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. They were, they were there 
when Abraham first arrived, they were there, they were just as decadent in Abraham's day as they were in this time, some six or seven hundred years later. We know this from the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Morally, they were totally corrupt. Morally, they were totally corrupt. This, there's an ancient Phoenician historian by the name of Philo who tells us a great deal about the Canaanite culture. Until recently, nobody believed him because he described their extreme corruption in such lurid terms that it was difficult to believe that any society like that could actually exist. But recently, someone has said that archaeologists have produced entire libraries from the Canaanite nations, which tell us the situation was even worse than Philo depicted it. It was a society which was ravaged by venereal disease. They worshipped sex. They were totally caught up in the dark arts and occultism. Listen, friend of mine, we're beginning to mirror this kind of, of, of darkness in our culture and in our society. So God forewarns his people, when you come into the land, have nothing to do with them. Don't learn from them because they are guilty of detestable things. He recognizes that these Canaanites will not operate on the policy of live and let live, but will propagate their teachings so as to infect all of Israel. We're seeing it in our school systems. We're seeing this, this push to push a moral code uh, uh, upon our children. Children are the target. Many parents are, are set, but children are open, and they are the target today. Amen. And so the, the, even the curriculum is, is trying to, to push them into the world's point of view and the morals world's moral code if you please and we're seeing it propagated on movies we're seeing it in television we're seeing it through Walt Disney World and Walt Disney would would kick the if he could would kick the kick the top of the coffin off and dig out of the grave and say no 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 but it's all changed, hasn't it? It's all changed. They wanted to infect all of Israel. And so the term Moses uses, which is translated here abominable or detestable, which is a word which means in the Hebrew both something you long after and something you loathe. In other words, that that, that is loathe is also that that is used to tempt there's a strange ambiguity about it. I'm sure the Spirit of God had Moses choose this term for a particular reason. It's this kind of attitude which we all experience toward occult things. They hold a fascination for us and they frighten us. There's an allure there and yet we feel uneasy. Amen. Friend of mine, it is that fascination which catches people. They get involved in Ouija boards and tarot cards and palmistry and astrology because it's so fascinating. The scriptures tell us that God has put eternity in the minds of men. There's a desire in all of us to know what the future holds, what is beyond the world of the seen and the known. We desire in, in all of this, we actually are intrigued and fascinated by it. That's why the word occult means hidden knowledge. 
and in the sense of Christians in particular, it's forbidden knowledge, the knowledge God wants us to have. He wants to reveal to us by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth. Amen. A friend of mine, that's why God says, don't learn from them. And what practices did he tell them? And can we might relate to our own personal walk with God today? What was so detestable in God's sight? Moses began to describe them in verse 10 and 11. Some of the characteristics of their occultism. There shall not be found anyone who makes his son or daughter pass through the fire, offers them as a sacrifice. Underline all other dark arts was the worship of the god Moloch and the child sacrifice which went along with it. Also, one who uses divination. It's a general term for one who uses occult practices. It means to divine the future by any of many, many different means. Tea leaves, reading tea leaves, reading palms, charting the stars, or peering into a crystal ball. The word actually means to decide or to determine the future on the basis of such means or the basis of the occult. The next words are one who practices witchcraft or one who interprets omens. The word for witchcraft means just what our English word does. The word translated omens is the word for snake, literally. This refers to a demon worshiper or a Satan worshiper. I was, uh, after a service years ago, I was sitting in a fast food restaurant with my family. We wanted a quick meal. We had a lot to do and get back to church for the evening service. And a man who had, had sat in our church service in the back saw us when he walked in. He came directly to our table and he told me that he was available to me because God had given him the gift of interpreting dreams. And he would have, in other words, people line up and if they had any kind of a dream, he would tell them from the Lord what that dream meant. And I said, there is no such gift of interpreting dreams, and we do not practice that in our church. It doesn't mean that someone may not be, may be anointed to tell you something about a dream through the word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, but no gift of interpreting. You see, this is the allure of the occult. And it's no marvel if Satan himself be transformed as an angel of light, the scriptures teach us, and his ministers as ministers of righteousness. One of the jobs of a pastor is to not let a wolf in a sheep suit come among the flock. And I want you to know many times I have had to stop a wolf in a sheep suit. I've had people ask me, why don't I let that person preach? And I, I didn't go into the detail. I didn't need to. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm also an evangelist. I'm also a Christian with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. I'm also a, a Bible-believing Christian on top of everything else. And I just, when I know something isn't right, I just flat won't allow it. I don't care what kind of credentials someone says they have. We've got to be cautioned in this day. Listen, or a sorcerer, a sorcerer, that is the word which is normally used for an astrologer in the Old Testament. 
Also, one who casts a spell, one who binds. Literally, that's how voodoo would be operation, to cast a spell on someone, to try to do harm to them because of your hate for them. An interest, or a medium. A medium, an interesting word. It's used elsewhere to refer to the leather skin bags which the Jews carried over their shoulder to transport water in. Isn't that amazing? The idea is that the medium becomes a receptacle for something else. He or she is merely the shell which contains another personality. Amen. This is when a familiar spirit, if you please, has come. Someone that they are consorting with and, and that spirit is able to come and inhabit them. Not just give them information, but possess them. Or a spiritist. Or one who calls up the dead. Moses uses every term in the Hebrew vocabulary to describe occult phenomena. And there are no other Hebrew terms. This, this really covers the whole gamut and he forbids it. This is something that God's people must have nothing to do with. Come out from among them and touch not the detestable thing, the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Hallelujah. Amen. Occasionally, a spiritist will say that Scripture doesn't forbid it, that in fact the witch of Endor used occultism to conjure up Samuel, and God spoke through Samuel. But it's very clear if you go back and read that story. This was an extraordinary incident that God intervened in this circumstance. The witch herself was frightened out of her senses when Samuel appeared. That wasn't what she expected. She expected the demon who normally spoke, but instead Samuel appeared. And what a surprise. Nowhere does God recommend or allow or permit spiritism, astrology, palmistry, any of these as a way to discover truth. It is all ways forbidden and it was forbidden in that day and it is forbidden in our day god wants us pure dear friend pure from defilement so that he can grant to us his promises having these promises of god indwelling us and god working in us and through us let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness or purity Amen. In the fear, in the reverence, the deep reverence with awe and affection, in the fear of the Lord. All of His promises are based of His being our God and we being His covenant people. His being our Father and we being His children. He promises to protect and to provide for His own. I like what Watchman Nee said. And I'm going to quote him here today as we work to a closing. I have never met a soul who has set out to satisfy the Lord and has not been satisfied himself. If it's in our heart to be pure, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. 
It was reported when the when the first uh, first Russian cosmonaut went into space years and years ago, uh, that he said, "I have been to the heavens and I did not see God." And it was said that a little girl, a Sunday school student, <laughs> Amen, here in America, wrote a letter and sent it to the Kremlin concerning what he said. And she said. I know why you didn't see God when you were up there because, and quoted the scripture, because only the pure in heart shall see the Lord. You see, God is holy, dear friend, set apart from the world in his character. We are called out of the world and into his holy nature. Listen to second Peter one and verse four. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. This word corruption in the Greek means destruction, perishing. In the New Testament ethical sense, it means moral decay. Amen. Moral decay. And it also leads to the final judgment. And the word here, partake of the divine nature, means a partner, a sharer in anything, a companion. We can share in God's holiness. We can become partners. We can enter into sweet fellowship and companionship as it is written. I will live in them, and I will walk in them. That word walk in the Greek is perambulate. It it means to move about freely. Hallelujah. Amen. So you see, sanctification is the imparting of God himself by the Holy Spirit in the human heart and the human soul. And the means of sanctification You see, God's people in ancient times and in the present time struggle with the flesh within the world and, and, and without. (laughs) Amen. Within and without. God promises to help us to overcome. Listen to Deuteronomy 18, 18 and 19. It's a messianic prophecy about Jesus. And I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. And put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass, that whosoever will not hearken to my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Jesus Christ is our prophet, priest, and king. No matter what battle we're engaged in, God is our ally, and Christ is our answer. Praise God. Amen. Listen, God is calling today. God is calling today. The scriptures say, but we with an open face beholding as in a glass, his face are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the spirit of God. Amen. God will help you. God will help me. He stands ready today when we're hunger and thirst for righteousness. The Bible said we're going to be filled with what we're hungry for, and that is to be right with God. And to be right with God, we've got to come out and touch not. 
Come out and touch not, perfecting holiness. Amen. In the fear of the Lord, perfecting holiness, perfecting purity, because that's what holiness does. That's what sanctification does. Amen. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Amen. What does God do with His Word, by His Spirit, concerning the ecclesia, the called out ones? He loved the church. He gave Himself for it in the book of Ephesians and cleansed it by the washing of water by the Word. Hallelujah. That it might be, He might present it unto Himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle nor blemish, but that it should be holy. Jesus said, Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And one of my favorite scriptures, amen, that's often misquoted uh, because it just leaves out the, the verse before it is in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 30 and 31. You've probably heard it many times. Amen. Didn't the scripture say the truth will set you free? Well, in, in a sense, that's true, but let's read it from in context with both verses, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. And that doesn't mean just to know it. That means to apply it. If you continue to hear and heed my word, you'll know the truth, not just educationally, not just giving mental assent or consent, but you'll know it by experiencing the sanctifying power of it with a cleansing of your mind, the cleansing of your heart. Praise God. The sanctifying power of the Word of God. Amen. And then you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And I might add, if you continue to continue in the Word, it'll keep you free. Praise God. From the defilement, defilement that is all around us, come out. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord as it is written, I will live in them, I will walk in them, I'll be their God, and they will be, amen, my people in the world, but not of the world, praise God, separate in our entire view of everything because we are children of a different king and we are children of a different kingdom. We are children of the light and we are called to walk in the light. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus keeps us, doesn't it? It cleanses us from all iniquity. The, the outworking of that finished work on the cross in and through us. Hallelujah. In the midst of a wicked and corrupt generation, you shine as lights in the world. Praise God. Friend of mine, it's time to arise and shine. That's what I want to close with is Isaiah 60. Can we live that kind of life in this kind of culture? 
Yes, by the help and grace of God, the power and person of the Holy Spirit, a Bible, praise God, that's not just open for us to read, but it's becoming integrated into our our very being. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thy, thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And we can walk in a path of righteousness for His name's sake. In the midst of a wicked and perverse generation. Amen. We will not be holier than thou, but we will be holy. Hallelujah. We're not looking down on anybody. We're looking up to our God and say, You're my Heavenly Father. You're my Savior. And You're my Sovereign. You're my King. And I will bow to no other. You said come out. And I'm coming out. You said touch not. And I'm touching not. He will receive me. Hallelujah. And protect me. And keep me. Even until the end, even until Jesus comes or I draw my last breath, amen, Satan will not win this battle for my mind, my heart, my soul, in Jesus' name. Today, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you have no defense upon the demonic forces that are loose in this world today. You have no armor against Satan. Your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. But God wants you to be part of His holy people, His very own children. He wants to keep you through this world and prepare you for eternity to come. That you can know that your sins are forgiven. You can know that the enemy cannot hold you with any occult practice any chain of darkness I just want to pray for you right now if you're involved in the occult and you've found yourself in a prison of darkness and confusion and fear and you want to be free and you're asking yourself the question will God even set me free since I have dabbled and I have got this deep in the darkness can he reach me this far will he And I'm going to declare unto you, if you want to be free, there's no place so dark that the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus can't penetrate. Hallelujah. There's no chain so strong that the God who created heaven and earth cannot break. So if you want to get out of that prison today, cry out to Him. Repent of your sin. Renounce the dark things of that you've got involved in. Renounce it. Say, I turn my back on it and I turn my face to you and I'm coming to Jesus today. And He will reach way down to pick you out, pull you out. He'll deliver you. He'll set you free. He'll forgive your sin as you repent of it and receive Him as your sovereign and your Savior, your Lord, your new Master, and you, you will be one of His children. He will be your Heavenly Father in Jesus' name today. Lord, hear this prayer. Set this dear soul free for the glory of God. Amen and amen.